Welcome to the Working for Justice podcast. I'm your host, Tony Vidali, and I'm the Deputy Director of the Arizona Criminal Justice Commission. I have with me today, a very special guest. We have Heather Bonet, who is the Victim Services Program Manager here at the Criminal Justice Commission. Welcome, Heather, to the Working for Justice podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's absolutely my pleasure and my honor. I think before we get into talking more about you and your role, could you just give us a summary explanation of what it is that a victim services program manager does at the Criminal Justice Commission? Yeah, so I'm the victim services program manager here at ACJC. In this program area, I manage two different programs. One is the Crime Victim Compensation Program, which is a program that administers financial assistance to those who have been victims of crime who have some sort of financial loss as it relates to that victimization. And we also administer a state victim assistance grant, which provides funding to those victim service agencies that provide services to victims. So we, we, I oversee both of those programs here at ACJC. In order to get to that point at this agency, what was your academic background? I ask that question of people because what I find most often is when you work at an agency like the Criminal Justice Commission, wherever we started out is not where we end up. And so what was your academic background in? That's funny you asked that. I actually started as a biology major in my undergraduate education. So I was going to go to school, get a degree in biology and go into some sort of medical field. While I was in my undergrad education, I took an intro to criminal justice class as a kind of one of your elective classes, and it was extremely interesting, and I was hooked from that point on, and I changed my major to criminal justice. So I received an undergraduate degree, my Bachelor of Arts degree in criminal justice from the University of Wyoming. I'm originally from Wyoming. Um, and then I moved to Phoenix, and I received my, or my, bachelor, my bachelor's degree in criminal justice as well. So I continued that criminal justice route as I went through my academic career. Well, certainly, I'm certainly proud that you are a graduate of Arizona State University. Was there any particular area in your academic background that was more attractive than than others? Because you can place a focus on law enforcement or policing or corrections, community corrections, victim services. Is there any one area that as you were going through that that master's program at ASU that you said, nah, that this is probably the most interesting area to me? I think throughout my master's, victim services was always my focus going through that process. I did my my master's thesis in victim services and doing an analysis of victims' rights and kind of how we've gotten to the point where we were with victims' rights. This was 10 years ago and what kind of remained to be seen in that area. So my focus was victim rights with my thesis. And even prior to that, I interned at a victim service agency during my master's. So my focus um, throughout grad school was really victim services. And that's carried now through my career where I sit today. So speaking of, of your past work history, what did you do in the past? So you graduated from, from ASU with a master's degree and then did what? After my master's degree, I actually, my first job right out of grad school was working for a domestic violence shelter here locally in Phoenix. So I was a crisis counselor at the domestic violence shelter for many years. I managed the clients that would come in through the domestic violence shelter. I arranged group therapies and group programs for them. So my focus right out of grad school was a victim service nonprofit agency. 
So is it fair to say that was the career aspiration somewhere in victim services that you would work after you graduated? That's the field you wanted to focus on? That was my that was my plan. I did leave victim services for a time. I contemplated law school for a second. Um, and so just, actually, just for a second, for a second. Okay. Um, so I, and in doing that, I determined that before I went down that road, I wanted to see if that was something I really wanted to do. So I did leave the nonprofit agency and I started working for a small law firm. So I was a paralegal at a law firm here in Phoenix. And in doing that, kind of where my, my life was at that point, I decided that I did not want to do another three years in law school and in, in working there, I really missed that direct criminal justice work. And that is really what brought me to ACJC. So after working at the law firm and really, I mean, I enjoyed the work that I do. It was really kind of medical malpractice work. So nothing's, you know, it wasn't criminal defense or anything related to the criminal justice system. Um, and I really did miss that. And so it was that moment where I decided law school, you know, I, I don't really want to go that route, but I really miss, you know, criminal justice and working in the field as a whole. And that's, that's what brought me here to ACJC. Which we've been very fortunate of and appreciate your contributions here at the Criminal Justice Commission. You came here initially as a grant coordinator for the systems improvement program, right? Yes. How did that add to your knowledge base and your development into being able to manage a program at ACJC? Yeah. So coming into that position, I didn't have a ton of grant work. So I did grant work as the role of a subrecipient or working for an agency that receives grant funds and is responsible for those dollars. I didn't have the experience as a grantor or a funding agency. So coming in, that was something that I learned and that I was able to pick up fairly quickly. And, and in the systems improvement program, there's a lot of different projects that we, that we work on in that program area. One of them being we worked on the protective order project. So even coming to ACJC, working in a different program area, I still had that reach in victim services. So I really appreciated having that, that experience and still working in victim services when I was able to come to ACJC in that systems improvement technology program area. So you're a program manager here at the Criminal Justice Commission, which requires you to do a lot of things, mm -hmm. uh, affords you the opportunity of a lot of responsibility to do things. You know, one of the things is is manage. And were there things that you did in the past or experiences you had in your, in, whether it's academic experiences or past roles you held at jobs that helps you transition into the manager role? Yeah, I think everything I've done up to this point has helped me, you know, kind of to where I am today. When I worked at the domestic violence shelter, I was in charge of their social work intern program. So at any given time, we would have 10 to 15 social work interns. And I managed that program and made sure those those interns met their program requirements. So I was I'd manage people, other agencies, and I'd also manage projects or programs with large caseloads. So at the dom domestic violence shelter, large caseload of clients coming in and out, kind of a transient population of clients. I'm working at the law firm, a massive caseload of cases that I was responsible for where you're responsible for multitasking, you're you're doing multiple things at one time um, and managing all the deadlines and things like that. So I think having all of those experiences has been a positive impact on managing the victim services program now here at ACJC. You and I have talked in the past about the uniqueness of a victim service program and what it does. In particular, that you are providing a service to help people deal with their victimization. In the victim service world, there's a lot of different roles that people fill to, to do that. But 
it's more than just managing a program. It's more than just applying for a grant and managing a grant and complying with state laws and guidelines. There's more of this connection to the people that have the need for these services. What do you find most difficult about managing a victim services program? Because it seems like there's more of an emotional connection to the people that you're serving rather than just pushing paperwork from point A to point B. And so what do you find most challenging about that? I would say most challenging is having to say no. And I say that in that I wish I could help every victim and survivor with every need that they have or every agency that provides services to victims in every need that they have. And unfortunately, in the position, we are guided by rules and guidelines. So there are things that we are not able to do or services that we're not able to provide and requests that we're not able to meet. And so I wish I could help everybody with every need that they have. And so especially, you know, we get phone calls from victims that are asking if our program can do X, Y, and Z, and just having to explain that, you know, unfortunately that is not a need that we're able to meet. So it'd be having to say no to a need that I know exists and I wish I could help somebody with, or I wish I could help an agency with. And how do you deal with that? That that feeling of saying no gives you this negativity. How do you deal with the negativity? I think having a victim services background, so having worked at one of those agencies, you know, that is providing services to victims and working with victims directly, understanding that I may not be able to meet your need, but that doesn't mean that that need can't be met somewhere else. And so having that perspective that I can talk to a victim, I can provide additional resources for things that I know about and that I used to provide when I worked in the field as a counselor and being able to refer those out or reach out to the contacts that I have to see, you know, I have this need. How can I address that? Are you aware of something that can help or, you know, something that can can meet this need that they're asking for? So using those connections that I've built in the victim services world, while I may not be able to meet that need directly, but that doesn't mean that somebody else can't. And, and doing that work on behalf of the victim. So they're not trying to navigate the system themselves. Right. That's a great perspective. It's the old um, no doesn't mean no. It means next opportunity. And so it's you, although saying you can't help directly, you can guide them in places where that next opportunity of help will likely exist. Yeah. I I try to do that every time. (laughs) Talking about managing, what's the most difficult thing that you experience managing people? can't say. I think I've been very fortunate in my in my management thus far in my career that I have, I haven't had to manage difficult people up to this point. Not that that's not ever going to happen, but I've been very fortunate in the people that I've worked with and that I've had to manage or that I've managed alongside and that my expectations are always clear, like what my expectations are and my door is always open. So if there's a question or something um, that my team may not feel that I am meeting or I'm not meeting them at, an, at a point where they're at, that my door is open and they can approach me with whatever issues that they have. And so I feel very fortunate that up to this point, I haven't had to deal with difficult team members or other difficult personalities with people that I've worked with. Not that that won't ever happen, but I've been fortunate not to have ha- have to manage those difficulties yet. <laughs> well, sometimes isn't it true, though, that it's not really an issue of dealing with difficult people. It's really dealing with difficult issues that people deal with. That's true. In, yeah. in their in their life, and I, for me personally, that in my management career, I've had more of that than difficult people. I haven't really had a lot of difficult people. 
that just they were inherently difficult to deal with. It's really just situations that people deal with because we're human beings and, and you have to overcome those. You have to manage a program. You have to manage people too. They're doing the things that you need done in your your program. That's true, and that's a good point. And with that, I would say, kind of relying on that that counseling background that I have, and always have the listening ear. And that if a problem or someone, you know, if someone comes to me with an issue or if there's a problem that I dealing that I'm dealing with in management of the program, I listen first and then I talk second. So I want to understand first what the issue is. So listening first and then identifying a potential solution or where do we go from there. So kind of having that listening ear first before I jump in with what my opinion is or what I think we need to do. In the field of criminal justice, there are all kinds of agencies that we could work at doing all kinds of things. And when I say all kinds of agencies, large, small, medium size, they're out there. When you came to ACJC, you came to a relatively small agency. What was your perspective of your ability to move up in an organization that was not really big, that probably didn't have a whole lot of movement at particularly the management level? What was your perspective or did that just not matter? It was what you were going to be doing that was most interesting coming to the Criminal Justice Commission. Coming to the agency it was really what I was going to be doing was really the interest for me at that moment coming into the agency. I had never worked for another state agency. I worked for other government agencies, but not a state agency. So it wasn't until I got here that I really fully understood how small ACJC is in comparison to all the other state agencies that we deal with. They're much larger than we are here at ACJC. But it was really coming into the agency, really wanting to do the work for the position that I was hired for. And after working in that position a few years, I, I understood that folks, when they come to work for ACJC, they stay here. And there's a reason that people you know, stay here for as long as they do. And Fortunately, an opportunity opened up in the management role here at ACJC, and it was at that point in time, you know, my manager called me in and said, I, you're prepared, you you have experience, you know, I think this would be a great move for you. And fortunately, that that opened up while I was here as a coordinator, and I took took advantage and put my name in the ring for that that management position to move up here. It's good advice by your manager. He was exactly, exactly correct. So I appreciate the good counsel that our managers give folks. Was it difficult for you to move from essentially a line staff member to a manager one day, you, you, your colleagues are other grant coordinators, and then the next day you're a manager and, and the world changes a little bit? I don't think from my perspective, and that was probably just the pressure that I put on myself, I didn't want to step into this role and uh, I don't want to say fail, but I didn't want to not meet expectations that the agency may have had of me or managers may have had of me. So it was more the pressure I put on myself and just finding my voice as a manager compared to kind of a coordinator or a line staff and just coming to the table that my opinion is valued and I'm able to share that and just kind of stepping into that upper level position, knowing that I can I can use my voice and I can step up and do that. As far as transition from the other staff, though, no, it was an easy transition to make. My peers and my coworkers were well inviting, as was the program area that I stepped into. So the transition from that was fantastic. It was more me coming to the table that I can come and, and use my voice in that role that I was just moved into. When you talk about using your voice, it leads me to what do you find is the most difficult thing for you to do as a manager? Is it the voice or is it something else that's difficult 
No, sometimes just using my voice, I think I need to assert what is going on in my area or what is it that I feel my opinion. I need to kind of be cognizant not to step back and let everybody voice their opinions and things first. And sometimes I tend to keep quiet just to get a feel for the room before I I make my opinion known. So kind of just finding that as a new manager here at the agency and, and just kind of stepping into that. Up to this point in your management career, have you developed a management style? I would say it's still developing as a new manager here. I would say kind of looking at management styles, it's a definitely kind of a democratic one. I'm a we're a mighty program of two right now in the victim services program area here at ACJC. And so I appreciate and I value the expertise of my program coordinator and I pull her in and we talk through things all the time. So I think she has an expertise in areas that I am not. And so I want to play on her strengths with mine as well. And so I think taking her opinion and her voice, I think, as a program, I definitely want team input and a team consensus as we're kind of walking through decisions or what things need to be done in the program area and where we can take the program from here to grow it as a whole. But it's fair to say also that your management and leadership influence extends out beyond your program area. There are office-wide things that we do. There's input that we need from, from managers on a lot of different policies. Did you have a difficulty or, or, or was it just a certain level of comfort you had in kind of voicing that the agency should be run a certain way or we should be doing certain things um, at this agency outside of what you were doing in your program area? Yeah, I think for that, being visible in my program area is very important. And I have no problem stepping out of my role here at ACJC and becoming more visible um, in both victim services and the criminal justice field as a whole. And so, yeah, kind of taking that in and going beyond as a manager, I want to be visible for both the, the programs that we work with and outside of that. And so I'm trying to step out of my comfort zone and do that as well. Well, let's talk about some challenges that we've had in managing folks, whether it's a seasoned manager or a new manager here at ECJC, and that's managing in this remote work environment. What challenges have you had managing in this remote work environment? Yeah, I would say two of the biggest challenges that I've probably, you know, th- th- I think we're still dealing with because people are still remote a portion of the time would be the communication and the collaboration. So as we're trying to build and expand this program, that communication and collaboration is key. And in a world where I could just walk down the hall to, you know, you as the deputy or our director or my program staff and ask a question or, you know, bounce off a quick idea, doing that in a remote environment is much different. You know, scheduling a meeting, can we, you know, are you available at this time? Can I give you a call right now? Is much different than just walking down the hall and asking a question. And same thing for our external stakeholders. You know, we would hold regular meetings in person. We would have an agenda, but we would talk about what issues they were dealing with at the time or what can we help you with, what questions do you have? And that's much different in a remote world where people may or may not be available to attend remotely. They may not have the capability to do that. And so kind of working through some of those communication and collaboration challenges were probably the two biggest when it comes to a remote work environment. And probably have not figured out all the answers to those challenges. I have the same challenges as you. If I am a prospective employee and I'm sitting in front of you for an interview, what qualities are you looking for that are most attractive to you as a manager in a new hire? I would say a positive attitude coming in, especially victim services, you have to have that positive attitude. We deal with folks sometimes who have 
experienced extreme trauma or maybe calling and asking us at their greatest moment of need. And so having that positive attitude and being a good listener and a good communicator is very beneficial, whether we're working with victims that come in our office or call or our our program areas or our programs outside of ACGC that we're working with on a regular basis. So positive attitude and being a good communicator. I think you also have to be a, a good decision maker. So there are many times where program coordinator or, you know, program staff may get a call and they have to make a decision very quickly. So understanding, you know, where can I find the resources for that and and being able to make the decisions on the fly when maybe you can't run stuff past your program manager for verification. I know we do a lot with grants here at ACJC and I came in as a coordinator, not having the wealth of grant management knowledge, but I think that is something that can be taught um, and something that can be learned. So those would not be my main focus for a new program staff coming in. It would be more of those things that you want people to have when they come in that are they're a little more difficult to teach while they're while they're actually learning on the fly for those things. Makes sense. Any advice that you could give people that see what you do and would desire to follow a similar path? Ask that question because I think when you're climbing up a ladder in an organization, you ought to pause and take the time to look back down the ladder and maybe reach your hand down and pick someone up who's following you. Maybe not directly in your path at an organization, but going from an academic background to some work experience to really being in an organization, particularly for those of us that are in public service, that want to make a difference in public service, that those of us that work in public service have an obligation to help people do that. What advice would you give someone who desires to do what you do in in victim services or in your role as a, as a manager in the criminal justice system? Yeah, my advice to be would be to volunteer or to get involved. So kind of looking back through my career and working in victim services and, and out of that, there are many folks when I worked in victim services that are still in those roles today and coming back kind of full circle now as a program manager that I'm working with those folks at a different level now as a manager, whereas before I may have been an intern and working with them at those agencies. And so there have been some folks now that I rely on those connections that I built 10 years ago as a grad student and an internship at a victim service agency that I'm relying on those now. And it really helps to understand the criminal justice system and as a victim, how you navigate that system when you're trying to work with victims now later on. So we don't provide direct service here to victims. I'm not meeting with victims on a regular basis, but we do work with them. We call, They call us. We're working with programs who provide assistance and having that basic understanding on what a victim is going through, what they are facing, what their needs may be, and how to help them has been really beneficial as my in my role as a program manager that I can provide that assistance that I may not have be able to provide otherwise if I didn't have kind of the experience when I was interning or volunteering in victim services, especially here in Arizona. Last question. What do you like best about working at the Criminal Justice Commission? I truly enjoy the people that I work with here. Uh, so I really like ACJC. I, I like everything about ACJC, but really it's the people that I work with here. Everybody is working here for a common goal. We want to make the system better for folks. We are, we are, we want to be that premier criminal justice agency. And I think everybody has that same goal in mind and working with like-minded folks who, you know, are accomplishing that same goal. And I can bounce off ideas from fellow staff and managers. I think just the people that I work with just makes it a great place to come, to come work at every day when I walk through the door. I appreciate that perspective. I echo that as well. I think that's one thing we share in common for those of us that have been around here for a little while is the longer you're here, the more you appreciate the people that are around you here. Especially working remotely. I really appreciate the people that I work with now that we're coming in. So, Good point. 
Well, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. It's an absolute honor working with you here at the Criminal Justice Commission. You're amazing in what you do and the role that you fill. Bright, hardworking, talented. All, you check all those boxes, and I, I'm, I'm very honored to call you a colleague and have you working here at the Criminal Justice Commission one of those people that I enjoy seeing when I when I come to work. So thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Thank you for having me. This has been fantastic. Thank you for listening to the Working for Justice podcast. This has been an Arizona Criminal Justice Commission production. For more information about the Arizona Criminal Justice Commission, visit www.azcjc.gov and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you like this episode and are interested in hearing more, subscribe to Working for Justice on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.